0: Welcome to episode 11 of our Ask Us Anything series. We are having um, some video problems today through, uh, through this platform, so we're just going to do this audio only. I am Mark Graven, VP of Improvement and Innovation Services from Kinexus.
1: And I'm Greg Jacobson, the CEO and co-founder of Kinexus.
0: So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Happy Valentine's Day. It is February 14th for anybody who uh, has Lost track of that and needs to panic. You still have some time left in the day um, to recover from that. But we're going to start off, you know, in, in the mode of "ask us anything." We get all kinds of questions. One question here, you know, we've done a lot of these um, together, these these broadcasts, and Greg and I have worked together for a while now. Um, how did you guys meet? Um, I'll, I'll tell the first part of the story because um, Facebook reminded me today. February fourteenth, two thousand eleven, my wife and I were in Austin, Texas, to see Willie Nelson uh, perform uh, a concert, which is what brought me down um, to Austin. And, and since I was there, um, I had gotten an email from a reader of my blog who said, uh, "Hey, I think you and this guy, Dr. Greg Jacobson, would have a lot to talk about. You should connect." And So while I was there in Austin, it was an opportunity um, to meet up. Um, Greg, do you wanna kinda tell the next part of the story?
1: Yeah, I remember remember the day quite well. I actually had a shift that day or that night starting. So we met up on South Congress. If you haven't been to Austin, there's a, a really cool place that has a great vibe called South Congress. Has a really neat pizza joint called Home Slice. We sat down. Really, I think to have, what, maybe a 30-minute, 45-minute conversation, just kind of get to know each other, about three and a half hours later, (laughs) we had realized that we were really aligned in kind of what our missions were and what our thoughts were about continuous improvement. And uh, and Mark was very intrigued with the hypothesis that technology could actually help spread continuous improvement and and thought we were coming at it from a, a really interesting vantage point. So that... That marked six years ago today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know it was, um, you know, I think a conversation I, I was willing to have because the, the the guy who connected us said, hey, you know, Greg's done a lot of work with continuous improvement. Always interested in meeting a doctor who is is doing that and trying to spread that in organizations. I had I had never heard of the idea of uh, continuous improvement software, so I I was intrigued. But I will have to say I went in with um, and I think Greg sensed it, you know, a fair amount of skepticism, um, but you know, Greg's passion for continuous improvement um, sort of won me over, at least to the idea of uh, taking a closer look at Kinexus.
1: I think at least one of the questions kind of directly relates to you know, perhaps a shift in the thought process of how continuous improvement can get done in, in the 21st century. So I'm looking forward to going through these questions.
0: Yeah, so that that first question um, is from Rudy who asked, are there inventive methods to improve senior management visibility and support for continuous improvement? Um, Software, I think, obviously, is one of those. um, I'll have Greg touch on that, but let let me say first, I mean, I think this this is a really important challenge. Uh, I meet with organizations, uh, and, and, and I'll often hear people say, You know, our senior leaders support lean, or they support continuous improvement. I always have to kind of probe a little bit and say, well, what do they mean by support? You know, a successful culture of continuous improvement requires more than just a one-off statement of support for the concept of improvement. You know, it requires that leaders get involved in in different ways. Um, Part of the traditional advice would be, you know, to go to the Gemba, get out of the executive suite, go, and meet with people on, on the front lines and, and see what they're um, struggling with, you know, listen to them uh, about their ideas, their opportunities for improvement and you know, not to give people answers, but you know to to be a servant leader, to be supportive, to be encouraging in, in different ways. So there there are leadership behaviors that are pretty consistent. Um, and Greg, I mean, why why don't you kind of take it from there?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to take a little kind of different approach on this. Obviously, Kinexus, as a software platform, Mark candidate that I would talk about that, I think is a great way to bring in um, senior leaders by creating a dashboard for them, giving them their key KPIs that they, they want to peek at, and, and then giving visibility into all the improvement work. But it, kind of talked about an inventive method. And so let me touch on that. Um, Jim Collins, in I think it's in his book, Good to Great, talked about a BHAG and we talked about my haircut and so I think a BHAG was just a really great way for us here at Kinexus to, to kind of get me emotionally involved in, in what we were trying to accomplish this year. So BHAG stands for A Big Hairy Audacious Goal and it's not supposed to be a, a goal that's kind of financially driven or kind of it certainly should be objective, but it, it, it shouldn't be stale. It shouldn't be boring, if you will. And uh, But it, it should be something that if the organization achieves it, it really has moved the needle forward and indicates that the organization has, has accomplished something in the year. And so I'll quickly tell about our BHAG and, and the haircut and, and why I was actually quite disappointed to uh, to find out that, that GoToMeeting decided to um, play a little trick on us by not making the webcam work. but our BHAG for 2016 at Kinexus was to have over 25,000 improvements completed in the system by the end of the year. Now to, to give context of what that means at the beginning of 2016 we had just over 12,000 improvements in the system so from about 2011 with our very first release of the software to December 31st 2015 there was just over 12,000 and so I challenged our our company really to challenge our customers to see if we could we could actually double that in one year and lo and behold um, we did do that uh, we we got just over our all of us got just over 26,000 at the beginning of the year I, I turned to our VP of sales Jefferson and I said hey you know if we hit this I'm going to let the company shave my head and it really kind of play along with the the big hairy part of that and so we'll have a we'll have a blog post certainly shortly coming out where we will show the actual event of the entire team getting getting their turn to put the 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 razor if you will to my head yeah i think i think i think a BHAG is a great idea to get senior leadership involved not that they have to commit to shaving their head maybe a
0: small tattoo
1: or something like that but
0: yeah and uh, and since we ended up doing just a PowerPoint slide here instead of live video I'm sorry I didn't have a picture of Greg Handy to throw up on screen but we'll share that um, on our blog soon but let's continue the discussion there was another question here that asked uh, how can we sustain improvement activities and prevent slipping back to old habits reverting to the old way I mean that that's a story a question I've been hearing in healthcare the whole 11 years um, 12 years almost that i've worked in healthcare whether you know people are talking about rapid improvement events what, you know even some of the world leaders in lean healthcare would report in articles and at conferences that they would have over 50% backsliding rates and you know from what i've seen from rapid improvement events and in different types of improvement what's often described as backsliding is is actually, I think, more accurately described as um, a change that was never fully adopted. And I think, you know, at the end of an improvement event, this is one of the weaknesses of the improvement event methodology. If there's not a good handoff, where you know the event team says, "Oh, we've designed a new process and we've tested it and we say it's better," and now we're going to chuck it over the wall to the people who do the work every day, and that that often just doesn't Ever stick to begin with and you know people don't understand the new process they weren't involved in the development of it they weren't trained in it. Kaizen event leaders come back 30 or 60 days later and they say oh people are doing things the old way they must have backslid when you know if they had been there every single day they might have noticed sometimes the the root of the problem is the change never got adopted so whether it's that or other circumstances. I I think a key lesson is rather than blaming people for backsliding, we need to ask why the change either didn't get adopted or why it reverted to the old way and then go from there. What do you think, Greg?
1: I think that that it's a symptom of the failure of implementing the change versus Mm -hmm. kind of what happened after the, quote, change was implemented. And I put quotes around that because it's so true that that improvement is really hard. continuous improvement is hard work right i mean if if this was easy to do everyone would be doing it at a, at a really high level but you know, staying disciplined in creating those habits and in leadership really continuing to make sure that the right things are being measured that standardization is is occurring and, and not kind of reverting back is Going to all be critical but I think the, the single most important thing is going to be leading with why and then including everybody if you lead with why and you include everybody and in what you're doing then I'll bet you can do everything else less well and you'll still backslide less
0: well and this idea of include everybody that, that actually leads into the next question and, and we can talk about the definition of in, including everybody in the context of um, rapid improvement events or other, you know, improvement work. Um, the, the question, and it's a fairly long question, but I'll let's just go ahead and, and read most of it from Margo. It um, says, I just took a one-week lean training certification. One of the common themes that was always brought up was that quality improvement must be done with everyone from the team in the room, and this without exception. Um, she's, she continues, I've been doing successful improvement virtually, but was told that was not quote-unquote lean. What are your views on this, especially with government cutbacks on travel and staffing? We simply don't have the resources. There were team members in the training and are now saying they must travel or they will not participate in an improvement team. Um, do you have any thoughts on virtual improvement teams? Because I thought our virtual teams were doing very well. Um so I think you know my, my first thought is I you know I, I'll make, I'll say this as a joke absolute statements are always wrong <laughs> or absolute statements are never always correct or you know we we, we twist ourselves around I, I usually I kind of cringe at absolute statements when people say things like never or always you know sometimes people within lean will say you always need to start with 5s I'm like well that I I can think of situations where that always um, doesn't apply. So I think this idea that you always have to have everybody in the room, yeah, I mean, that that might be ideal. When I worked in manufacturing, if we were doing um, significant Kaizen with a production line or production cell, we could plan and shut down the line for an hour and bring everybody together and, uh, and and work on something. We had inventory that could buffer us from that downtime. In healthcare, you can't do that. You still have most in most settings. You still have continually um, patients you have to treat. Um, and and so I, you know, I think you, you have to be creative. And I've seen teams be very effective where you, know, you, you pull some people away from the work to work on something for an hour or for a week, but you're getting input. From as many other people on the team as you can. So I think there, it comes back to the definition within this question of what does it mean to include everybody. You can get input, you can get feedback, um, you can have people be involved in different ways other than being 100% dedicated to the improvement. I think sometimes you 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 can be and you have to be creative with different types of improvement. And 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 Greg, I mean I, I know you have a lot of thoughts and maybe even stories from your own experience or from our customers about getting people involved in different ways.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't I couldn't disagree with that statement anymore. Number one, nothing I've I've ever read, nothing you know, you and I, Mark, have ever talked about, nothing I've ever talked about, other lean leaders has ever said that um, you're not doing lean unless everyone is participating in person. I mean you gave a, you gave several examples of, of operations and systems that would actually not be very beneficial to, to stop, right? Healthcare, for example, perhaps you have night shift workers. Do you want to kind of disrupt their circadian rhythm? Um, perhaps that's going to create a, a, a worse outcome in the future. And in a in world that we live in, number one, it being you know so connected in asynchronous ways and then number two the kind of organizations that we're talking about are really large complex organizations that are often geographically distributed and so to say that well it's it's completely impractical to bring everybody in the room at the same time so then then the natural conclusion is well we'll never improve because we can't bring everyone together well there's no reason to improve so i think kind of creating this artificial barrier is uh, going to ultimately lead to interval improvement and not continuous improvement and it's going to create a lot of a lot of excuses not to work and then and then you know my my final comment on this is I, I would i would we have what 52 customers 53 customers right now that would almost be arguing that none of them are doing lean and and i would say that some of them are doing some of the best lean management systems that, that that there are and are are connecting and collaborating in not only face to face but in huddles in asynchronous ways on Kinexis. in any which way you can connect you should connect and you should be engaged and you should um, be interactive and, and we kind of just talked about the prior thing there's no possible way you can do a Kaizen event with every single person in the organization that would ever touch that process at the table right so when I made the comment include everybody it wasn't you know the the physical manifestation of that person is the only way they can be con- included. It's um, lots of different ways to connect people. So uh, yeah. please uh, do not do not take that kind of misconclusion into the future and and give people what I would consider an excuse not to improve. Um, yeah. this, this I could go on for for longer mark, but I think you. Have I,
0: no, I mean I think I mean I think as with a lot of things with with lean and with life uh, in general, you know, uh, Toyota people, former Toyota people I've worked with and learned from are always talking about balance in all things balance and neither neither extreme is ideal. We don't want to take it to the other extreme and say, we're going to let two people dictate all of the changes and new standardized work for this 50 person department. Well, that doesn't make sense. But you might not also, you you might not have the opportunity for all 50 people to be fully involved in everything. So you you get input. You have representatives from groups who take a first pass at an improvement and then check it and test it and get five minutes worth of input from each of the other people on the team. So I, I think you can include everybody. You can respect everybody. You can get input from everybody. Without them being fully dedicated to um, in an improvement effort, um, I, I think the other idea of, of all things balance in all things balance is, you know, we have Kinexis customers who do huddles, they do meetings, they're working face to face, but they also involve some people virtually, people who don't work that shift, people who aren't at that physical location. There are different ways to get the right level of input. Um, From different people, without going to some sort of extreme, because it sounds like in Margot's case, people now are using that as as a barrier, or they're they're upset or disgruntled that you're not going to let me travel, so therefore we're not going to be able to improve. Um, That just doesn't seem ideal.
1: And and two, two last points on this, Mark. Not to not to beat it to death here. Number one, when and where is the best place? To discover waste and to have ideas on improving things in the gemba when you're actually doing the work, right? So, so why would you not want to immediately start your improvement cycle right then by capturing it and and by starting that? So, so.
0: Greg, you still there? We have lost Greg's audio apparently, so now we are two for two in uh, different GoToWebinar problems. We have webcam problems, and what now. What about we, now?
1: Is my audio coming
0: through? Nope. So now you are back, Greg. And so the
1: second point, aside from probably the best place to start the continuous improvement cycle, if you will, it being in the Gemba, is coaching and and thinking about improvement. Happens in lots of different ways and different people so it, it wouldn't be an appropriate webinar or or me having um, A discussion about about improvement work if I don't bring up the San Antonio Spurs if you if mm-hmm. don't know I'm a fanatical Spurs fan you do now and and if you look at I mean I, I look at the Spurs as a system right everyone talks about that as a, that, that that they're a system and so we can we could have a long conversation about kind of system and discipline and habits and how that increases potential of uh, inherent uh, you know kind of skills and quality, but but I want to talk a little bit though about how does the system get disseminated um, at the Spurs and if you if you think about that it's not Co- Coach Popovich always talking, right? I mean, you see lots of small little interactions between kind of senior people on the team talking to junior people on the team. You have even seen examples where he'll have a timeout being led by one of the players. And yeah. so to kind, of, to kind of think of improvement as being in this very kind of rigid m- mindset of where physical people have to be and who's doing what kind of conversations, it's a much more fluid um, concept where you know even the most junior people can, can contribute and and all the way down the line everyone is helping everybody coach it's almost like a catchball of, of of disseminating um, goodness if you will and so th- that 100% is going to happen in lots of tiny little interactions and, and that's really when you start seeing a culture occur when when those types of things are happening
0: yeah, you, you mentioned the Spurs. Not not to make you jealous, Greg. I'm going to get to see the Spurs play um, tomorrow night in Orlando. Um, Very so nice. I will share. Sorry, you're going to get to see the Spurs win in Orlando tomorrow. Uh, well, hey, let's not get ahead of things. They're going to play. <laughs> and I hope they win. But hey, uh, before we get back into uh, continuous improvement talk, um, I do want to mention that our next good webinar, uh, our next Ask Us Anything, is going to be on uh, April 4th, I believe which is the day after the NCAA men's basketball tournament championship game. Um, So I'm going to ask, Greg, do you have a favorite NCAA basketball team or are you just um, all focused on the Spurs? I'm
1: just focused on the Spurs. All right. I'm mostly focused on the Spurs aside from the fact that I'm from Austin and San Antonio, but I, I love the system aspect of it. I think it's what I love about Lean and so um, so that's that's where my that's where my love of sports kind of begins and ends. And, and I also have a deep love for squash, and we could talk about the parallels of squash and, and lean as well um, in a different I, question or a different
0: time. But, but. To me, squash is a vegetable, so if we're talking food, we can <laughs> cover that. But, no, I, I have, I've blogged about um, Popovich and the Spurs and teamwork and leadership and the system. I've, I've blogged about that a number of times. But – um, I'm going to make a plug for my Northwestern Wildcats. Not to jinx it, but um, we are hoping to actually make the tournament for the Very first nice. time ever this year. Wow! The only the only major conference team to never make the tournament. So please root for us. We could be um, the Cinderella story this year. But again, I I, I shouldn't have even brought it up. Um, well, and and for all
1: of our international listeners. I- I want to first give a shout out to to Prime Metals. I know I was about to start this, and, and one of the guys in the office was like, oh, I think there's going to be a bunch of Prime Metals. So thank you for, um, for for joining the Kinexis Tribe, and we're really looking forward to helping you guys improve. But the NCAA is, is the kind of premier college basketball tournament ending the season, so that's what we're talking about if you have no idea. So. Yeah.
0: Um, so let's go back to the continuous improvement questions. Maybe we can get a, a couple more here in the seven minutes or so we've got left. What are um, Omaka asked? What are effective cost control and cost reduction mechanisms? Um, like you know, to me, I I, and I wanted to touch on this question because to me, lean and kaizen are very different than traditional cost cutting. Um, a lot of cost cutting in organizations is focused on um, you know doing with less. Um, the word lean even is troublesome because lean so I've heard people say oh yeah we're already lean we don't have enough resources as it, as it is and you know that's not what lean as in Toyota is about. Um, you know cost cutting in healthcare has traditionally meant um, reducing labor and if people are already stretched too thin that can hurt quality it hurts morale it can hurt patient safety and so I think We've seen in in healthcare, and I think it's the right playbook in other settings, if you ask the employees what are their ideas for improvement, not just around cost reduction, but making their work easier, providing better service, uh, committing to employees and, and not laying them off in the name of cost reduction can lead to better cost reduction without hurting quality. You often find lots of employee ideas for increasing revenue which is, I, I think, a better way of um, addressing underlying uh, you know, financial difficulties in an organization. So I, I, I think you know, my, my nutshell answer would be, instead of laying off employees, ask employees and, and work together with them as a team. What, what do you think, Greg? So I can't just say fire a bunch of people? <laughs> you said that. <laughs> we were talking <laughs> about C. Montgomery Burns and The Simpsons and one of these previous Ask Us Anythings. Uh, no, not. <laughs>
1: All right, well, it's not firing a bunch of people, Mark. um, What I think is is so interesting, there's a couple points I want to make on this question. What I think is so interesting is in time and time again, organizations that employ a lean management system, right, that that have really um, good continuous improvement cultures find that lean is a lot about taking waste out of a system they end up finding that that in the process of doing this discipline, they not only increase the quality of whatever they're producing, but they also end up decreasing the cost. And and if you think about that, you know, that kind of starts getting at the fundamental question and definition of what value is. And so so it's not necessarily intuitive, but what ends up occurring when you kind of take the systematic and disciplined approach is that those things come together. Now yeah. The, the other thing I want to talk about is when to ask for cost savings ideas and when not to ask for them. We find over and over and over, if your lead opening hand in introducing continuous improvement to frontline staff is give me cost-cutting ideas, that that is not very inspiring and it typically has a much higher chance of failing than if you lead with, tell me what frustrates you at work and let's start solving those problems. You're going to get a much higher engagement with doing that. And so, you know, Mark and I talk about kind of cost cutting in a very proactive way either if if you want to do it at the beginning, it typically needs to be done higher up in the management. That might be a middle management or a senior management kind of focus or it can be done several years down the road when there's, you know, a lot of examples um, and and really that kind of culture has been built up in Greg, you cut out again. But no. most, am I back? You, you cut out again. And am I back now? Yep. But, but I think most importantly, and I think the take home here is that we know that by simply saying, hey, what frustrates you and not leading with you need to save a bunch of money with all your ideas, we actually find a very high um, percentage of very high impact ideas we've, we've studied everything in our system and we know that approximately one and a half percent of all ideas are worth more than ten thousand dollars and um, about half a percent of ideas are worth even more than a hundred thousand dollars so I think that that's a really good really good approach and really good kind of advice to, to learn from how other people have started their their continuous improvement efforts
0: and it's great knowledge that you're going to start seeing ROI almost unintentionally right from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's counterintuitive. You often get more cost reduction by not focusing primarily on cost reduction. There's a great book. There's an article you can find online called Obliquity, based on the word oblique, uh, John Kay, where he talks about the indirect path to goals and how powerful that is. And the leading organizations take that indirect approach. And and I, I, yeah, Greg, you're right. I mean, I, I think in, in most settings, asking people for cost reduction is not going to engage them. Um, bringing it back to an earlier question, though, I wouldn't say never ask for cost reduction right. as an absolute, because you know, in, in our book, Healthcare Kaizen, um, Joe and I shared the story of a, a hospital CEO in Indiana—not his health system, but a different health system—where. They were already building um, this continuous improvement culture. They had already made a commitment to not lay people off. But I think there's a time for leaders to speak about reality. And the CEO said, look, we need to reduce our cost by $7 million this year or something like that. Um, we're going to all pull together. We're all going to work on this. We're going to also improve quality. And they, they, he promised to shave his head, Greg. So this comes back to you and shaving your head. Um, they hit that goal. He shaved his head, and you know, I think those are unique circumstances where they already had a lot of trust. They had um, a good culture to build upon, and, and, and maybe there just always needs to be a head-shaving promise involved.
1: And, and maybe I, my audio um, failed during that part, but that was exactly what I was saying. That you know, once you have that culture, I think you can kind of lean and push people um, in in different directions that would probably not give you the intended outcome at the beginning if you did it that early on so
0: yeah so that brings us to uh, a half hour here we have some things to troubleshoot and try to figure out why we had some audio glitches why the video wasn't working um, that hasn't been a problem before so we will do our best troubleshooting and make sure we have um, a, we're kind of back to the usual format next time um, April 4th Same time slot, 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. We're going to do the next Ask Us Anything. If you really do want to watch video of us, and and I think Greg was right with his hypothesis that maybe people people don't, um, (laughs) you can go to our YouTube channel and find uh, our previous Ask Us Anythings. Um, For the last three episodes, we've started kind of chopping up individual questions, so you can search the YouTube channel, and, and if there's a particular question and answer, of a couple of minutes long you want to share, it's easier to do so. Um, so thank you for being a part of this today or for watching, listening to the recording. Um, on behalf of the, the Kinexis team again, I'm Mark Raven. Thank you for joining us today. Um, Greg, do you have any, any final thoughts? Please, please subscribe to our
1: podcast, take a look at our blog. We're putting a lot of energy into the continuous improvement community and we'd love for you guys to be a part of it. So um, also, make sure to, to give us a good rating so people will find all of our stuff a little bit better. And uh, I also just want to say that, that this is a journey. There is no kind of starting and stopping point in, in doing continuous improvement. It's hard and making sure you continue to be disciplined. So I'm going to kind of end this with saying thank you and keep, con- keep continually
0: improving your lives and your organizations. As, as we try to do here with ours. And sometimes things go wrong, and you, you fight through it. And um, we'll, we'll do some root cause analysis, and, and uh, maybe I'll end up writing a blog post about it. So please come visit the blog um, and, and everything that we offer at kinexus.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and we'll see you next time.